When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. The Bears made me so angry last night, Tone. I want to fire everyone. Tony Kornheiser, it must be hard when you lose to such a well-run franchise, yeah. though, don't you think? That certainly you know, makes it worse. Without any controversy whatsoever. Certainly yeah. makes it worse yeah. to lose to that I'm team. surprised you watched that game. I, am I didn't watch surprised. that much I of it. Think you I didn't watch as much yeah. as I normally do. You know, I watch every I Bears imagine. game since I'm five years old. I watched less last night than the previous 58 years. I, I couldn't stomach it. I couldn't stand it. Uh, welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Commanders, there I've said it, beat the Bears. The Dodgers and Padres get back at it. David Pollock joins us to break down a big weekend in college football. But we begin today with baseball. Houston Astros opened up a 2-0 lead on Seattle yesterday as Jordan Alvarez hit another go-ahead bomb, this time to the opposite field. It was the sixth inning, and Houston was down 2-1 to one at the time. Alvarez was later intentionally walked in the eighth inning with a runner on first, and that didn't work either, because Alex Bregman hit a single, scoring the runner who was pushed to second when Alvarez walked. So two questions, Wilbon. What do you make of Alvarez, and should the Mariners keep walking him? Well, I mean, you do what you have to do, or feel you have to do, to pitch around a great hitter. And immediately people are going to think Barry Bonds. I mean, that's the, the first person sort of that comes to mind. But, Tone, I'm not going to go Barry Bonds first because Barry Bonds didn't have the postseason impact of, say, David Ortiz. Big Poppy's the guy I think about because for multiple World Series championship runs, people had to pitch around David Ortiz in October. Not just the regular season. Yes, Bonds was pitched around for years. Yeah. But we're talking right That's now. Right. Alvarez doesn't have that kind of resume and reputation yet. He is not so fearsome yet. But you build this thing in October, and we can go back, and you and I can go back to, you know, Reggie Jackson. We can go back to all these people. But I'm thinking, Big Poppy Tone, you do what you needed to do if you were going to beat Boston and people couldn't three different times to get around him. And now you got to do that with Alvarez. Oh, my God, this guy is just punishing. So it's interesting that you would bring up Barry Bonds because after the game, Dusty Baker talked about the intentional walk to Alvarez yeah. in the eighth, and he said, that's some Barry Bonds type stuff there. So he brought him up as well. Look, if, if I ran the Seattle Mariners and I was getting now my first home game in the playoffs in 21 years, I would want to give the fans the best possible show I could. I would pitch to Alvarez. I would. Ooh, if he beat no. me, if he hit another one out, I would tip my hat and say, okay, you got me. The only thing I wouldn't do is put Robbie Ray in there. Alvarez is a beast. Um, we concentrated all year long on Aaron Judge and the pursuit of Ruth and the pursuit of Maris. And that's justifiable. I understand it. But two guys got buried as we concentrated on Judge. Alvarez only played 135 games. He had 37 homers and 97 RBI. That's huge numbers. Mike Trout only played 119 games. He had 40 home runs. So, so these guys are out there 
Um, my feeling about Seattle is that they are a wonderful story. It's great that they got to the playoffs. They swept Toronto in Toronto. They made a preposterous comeback in game two that I think is memorable for many, many years. But as Steve Young on this program, Mike said in a different context, you got to know when it's time for the journey to end. <laughs> I sort of think that's yeah. what's coming up. Tony, you know what? To hell with the show. Here's how you put on a show where you live. You win the damn games. That's what you do. Now, okay. you may not be able to pitch around it because Houston's lineup is so great. You may not be able to get away with it, Tony. But you know what? The people who decided to take on the great, great, great players, I'm thinking, of course, of Michael Jordan. When you were the Knicks, how'd that go? Huh? How'd that go for all those teams who said, yeah, 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 we'll take him on. They went home, and they wish maybe they'd done something else instead of put on a great show. Because usually he was the guy who put on the great show. And right now, Jordan Alvarez is putting on the great show. Let's move to the NFL, and I am pained to do this. The Chicago Bears came up inches short of beating the Commanders, please, in an eventful finish to a dreadful game. Washington quarterback Carson Wentz didn't even break 100 yards passing on the night, but he got big backing from his head coach, Ron Rivera, please. It was so phony after it was over. Tony, what was your biggest takeaway from this dreadful affair? So I'm going to be honest. I quit at halftime. I, I bagged it at halftime. It's one of the worst first halves I've ever seen. There were no points scored. I know technically there were three points scored, but the only way they got those three points, I thought was on two in a row questionable pass interference calls on Chicago DBs, which moved the ball close enough for Washington to kick a field goal. Look, both quarterbacks were awful. The Bears, as you well know, they don't even want Justin Fields to throw the ball. And if he drops back to throw it, he gets flattened 50 to 60% of the time. He misses wide open receivers. If he hits you in the hands, his receivers are so surprised they drop the ball. Carson Wentz doesn't come close to people. He sails it like out of bounds or over the end line. I mean, just, you know, it is actually unbelievable to me that he is 7-0 and in Thursday night games. It's just hard for me to believe. I'll tell you this, if you, did, if you didn't even see the highlights, there's no way Washington scores that touchdown late unless, unless the muff punt is inside the 10 as it was on the 6. Because if they're outside the 10, they're not going to get it. And then Fields gets the, the ball back, two his games. receivers drop the ball, or they bobble it in the end zone, and when he finally catches it, he's out of the end zone on the one. So Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably way too much detail for something as dreadful as that. Um, Carson Wentz, who people on this network were arguing vociferously in favor that he had to be voted a top 100 player. Really? No. Really? No, a couple no, years ago. No. And I remember saying that day, what are they watching? I mean, guys who know a hell of a lot more about football than I do, guys who played the game, they're arguing, fighting over whether or not Carson Wentz was a top 100 player. He's not a top 700 player. And I worry about Justin Fields. I was thrilled the day we moved up to draft him, and now I'm going, you know what? One, you're right about the offensive line when it comes to pass protection. They can't. Two, I don't know what the general manager and his staff are thinking about when they put this team together and people around him because he doesn't have competency around him. And three, Tony, is he coached well? Is he well coached? I don't know the answer to any of these things, and we're not going to find out this year. And the Bears are going to be put in a position where they're going to be trying to move up. to. The only good thing about this for me is that we can move higher up the totem pole and get maybe a high draft pick, and the GM won't know what the hell to do with that either. So it's a depressing day for me. 
Let's stick with the NFL, but move to actual good games between actual good teams. On Sunday afternoon, the 4-1 Bills travel to Kansas City to play the 4-1 Chiefs. On Sunday night, the surging Cowboys, presumably with Cooper Rush still at quarterback, visit the undefeated Eagles in Philly. Wilbon, at the end of play on Sunday, will the winners of these games be the favorite in their conferences in your mind? No. No, because I'm not 23 years old. I'm not just judging this in the get-up era. I'm judging this over a lifetime of watching professional football in about 40 years or 35 of covering it. And so, no, because there are teams that get hot at the end of the year and they come and they actually win the Super Bowl, not just get there. You and I lived through this in Washington with the Joe Gibbs teams a time or two. We just saw Aaron Rodgers and the Packers do it where they reeled off five or six straight games late when it looked like they might miss the playoffs, okay? So, no, quarterbacks get hurt. Key players get injured. Teams go into slumps. Teams overperform or underperform. No, it's week six or whatever it is. No, nothing is decided now. That's the fun of sports. If you try to watch it instead of predict it only, there's a lot of football to be played. So I'm not going to argue that there's a lot of football to be played, but I am going to say this, that what I've seen this year and coupled with last year that Buffalo and Kansas City, to me, are definitively better than everybody else in the AFC. Tennessee has fallen down. I'm not sure I trust the Chargers. I'm not sure I trust the Cincinnati Bengals to come back. Baltimore, you can't trust because they've lost a bunch of games. There are other teams we can talk about. I think Buffalo and Kansas City are the best teams. If, I, if Buffalo wins this game, I believe people will look at Buffalo as the triumphant team in the AFC. But they're going to have to play Kansas City again. And when you play Patrick Mahomes, there's always a chance that you're going to lose. I know you're going to talk about a dynasty of one, but they're in the mix all the time. So to me, that side of the draw is more definitive than the other side of the draw. And the NFC, I don't know yet. I don't know about Dallas. I don't. I don't know about Philadelphia undefeated, even if they win the game. I don't know about them. Green Bay is, is maybe good, maybe not good, but Tampa Bay is always lurking. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. In the AFC, I think I am. Let's take a break. Coming up, what are Tennessee's real chances of beating Alabama tomorrow? We're going to ask David Pollack. We'll also ask him if Michigan and Penn State are any damn good. Ranked, but are they good? By the way, you may have missed this. You may have missed this. Al Michaels said on the game last night that the NFL wants Dan Snyder to sell the team. I never heard that before from an announcer to say, they want you out and here's the path out. Well, I... I'll talk to you. Pardon the interruption is presented by the refreshing taste of twisted tea, hard iced tea. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again. By visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game winning shot live and in person. 
And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Welcome back to Pardon the Interruption, brought to you by Twisted Tea, part of Happy Hour. We've got a huge weekend in college football, so it's a good time to bring in someone who actually knows what he's talking about, not like us. Our great friend from College Game Day, Mr. David Pollack. David, let's start with this. You're on location. You're in Knoxville for number three, Alabama, at number six, Tennessee. This has not been a rivalry at all lately. Alabama has won 15 straight of these games. Does this one honestly, honestly feel different to you? 15 straight by an average of 26 points per game. So it, even ha- it hasn't even been close games, Tony. So that's, that's something to keep in mind. But it does feel different. It feels different because – Tennessee's got a Heisman Trophy-type quarterback. Hendon Hooker has been balling, and he can run. What has been the Achilles heel for Alabama for all these years? Every time we see their defense struggle, they struggle against running quarterbacks. He can absolutely do that. They can spread it out. They can go really, really fast. They can make plays down the field. So I, I do think it's a recipe, and especially when you look at Bryce Young. I know Bryce Young is going to play in this football game, but how healthy is he? He's a smaller guy. When he takes a hit, he falls on that shoulder. How, how, how reliable will he be? If he plays, I think Alabama will, and stays healthy, Alabama will win the game. If he doesn't, I think this game is going to be Tennessee, especially with his fans going nuts because they're so excited about this team. All right, David, let's move a little north. Usually I'm excited about a mid-October game featuring Big Ten teams, both of which are undefeated, Penn State and Michigan. But, David, I don't think either of these teams is that good. And I'm wondering, do you think I'm crazy? Are they just ranked or are they good? It's hard to tell. You know, Penn State, you look at, they played Northwestern, which I'm sure you were dialed in, and that was a sloppy, was. sloppy game by yes. Penn State. They struggled mightily, and they, they, they kicked Auburn in the face and beat the credit out of them, but we thought Auburn was going to be good, but they're not. They're very ungood. So I, I think we're going to find out. What do we know? I think we do know that Sean Clifford, this offense, is a, is a good team. I don't know if they're a great team, but they're going to have a chance to prove it against Michigan, who they're running the football well. Blake Corm, he's got over 500 yards in the last three games. So that offense is going to be really good. Michigan's offense will be tested. So I think we're going to find out more, not just about about those teams, I think the Big Ten this week, period. I mean, there's plenty of games we can point to that says we're going to find out whether some teams are, are legit contenders and really good teams or, or they're kind of like a product of their schedule so far. Oklahoma State and TCU, both undefeated in 5-0, and numbers 8 and 13 respectively. David, does either one or both have playoff potential to you? 
I mean, think about how close Oklahoma State was, Michael, a year ago. I mean, they were one yard, six inches away from beating Baylor in the Big 12 championship game and going to the college football playoff. Spencer Sanders is back. This offense is, is really good. He's got a lot of experience. They can throw it. They spread you out. He can run it. So their defense has really struggled. Not what we're used to seeing from Oklahoma State. So I don't know if I'm going to say playoffs, especially – if you want to go TCU, I think they're the same type of team. Explosive offense with Mac, Max Duggan. You've seen Quentin Johnson. You've seen Miller running the football. I think both of these offenses are really good. Both of these teams are really good. But I think the Big 12 is the most competitive league in college football, and they'll continue to beat each other up. And I don't see a Big 12 team getting to the college football playoff. It is amazing to look at the Big 12 and talk about these two teams, TCU and Oklahoma State, and not talk about Oklahoma because they have fallen down this year. We will get you out of here on this. Clemson, the number four team in the country, is at Florida State. USC, the number seven team in the country, is at number 20, Utah. Which of these teams, and you got to pick one, is more likely to be upset? I think they both could be upset, but I would take USC. USC is going to play by far. They've played an absolute cupcake schedule to this point. I mean, Oregon State is the best team they've played, and Oregon State isn't that good. It was a very competitive football game. Utah, I don't think they're a great team, and they're obviously out of the playoffs losing to Florida and getting rolled by UCLA. But at Utah, at night, against a very structured, sound team that's good, on both sides of the line of scrimmage. I, I like Utah to get the win at home uh, against USC, even though I think everybody's going to point to USC to win. It's amazing because our standard answer is neither is likely to get upset because we don't have any idea, and you do. <laughs> Thank you, David. David, appreciate you. Thank you. Could be really wrong, too. <laughs> we always are. Don't worry about it. You got friends. You can catch more of David tomorrow on College Game Day starting at 9 a.m. Eastern. Let's take one last break, but still to come, the NFL finds Tom Brady. Really? We'll tell you what for. Tell me. He didn't eat the mint on his pillow when that Atlanta guy laid him down. Who has the edge in tonight's game three between the Dodgers and the Padres? I believe I had that one. You Darvish over your boy. I believe I yeah, but, had that. Well, no, no, no. You, Dar- you Darvish didn't huh? win. They both he did. allowed he got three the win. in five. He got no, the he win. He wasn't in there for the yes. win. He beat Kershaw. He he got the win. He wasn't any better than Kershaw. PTI fans, listen up. Have you heard you can listen to episodes of this very show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership? That's right. All your favorite PTI episodes can be heard on Amazon Music ad-free. But that's not all. You can listen to other top podcasts like The Low Post and First Take ad-free as well. They also have your favorite shows like The Daily, Part of My Take, and Up First, all without ads. You know what this means. Uninterrupted listening, so no more cliffhangers. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts, so we know they definitely have something for you. And it's already included in your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash PTI. That's Amazon.com slash PTI to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
In the Interruption is presented by the refreshing taste of twisted tea, hard iced tea. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Happy time, people. Happy 28th birthday, Jared Goff. A few years ago, Jared Goff took the Rams to the Super Bowl. The Rams lost to New England. They didn't score a touchdown. So the Rams found Goff wanting and traded him to Detroit for Matthew Stafford, which, as we know from the commercial, was life-changing. Both ways. Goff is currently 26th in pass completion percentage, 59.7, but he's fourth in passing touchdowns. He's eighth in passing yards. Detroit has a good offense. It's their defense that's killing them and accounts for their one and four record. Goff was the overall number one pick in the 2016 draft. Well, by your boy Carson Wentz was picked right after Goff. Paxton Lynch, as in who, went in the first round as well. Meanwhile, Dak Prescott, a steal in the fourth round. Tony, you wonder what could even begin to turn it around in Detroit. I mean, they had those great offensive explosions to start the season, and you're thinking, okay, at yep. least they're going to be entertaining, and they get shut out by the Patriots. Yeah. So once again, they're just yeah. wandering through the NFL darkness is what they're doing. Happy anniversary, Terrell Owens. On this day 20 years ago, while with the 49ers, T.O. pulled a Sharpie out of his sock, signed the football after scoring on a touchdown pass from Jeff Garcia on Monday Night Football against Seattle. SB Nation wrote that never had a player celebrated on a score in such a staged, ostentatious way. They reported that Seattle coach Mike Holmgren called T.O.'s display, quote, a dishonor to anyone who ever played this game, unquote, which seems a bit extreme to me. Holmgren may not like it, but T.O. is in the Hall of Fame. He ranks third all-time in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. He's also, Tony, on the all-time entertaining team. With Dion, right, Billy White Shoes Johnson, I'm not sure who else goes on that, but T.O. is on that, and there's nobody who's a showman in the league like him now, legitimate. I mean, people phony it up. But T.O., T.O. came up with original stuff. Chad Johnson's on that list for me as well. Chad Johnson, A okay. melancholy trails to Bruce Souter. The Hall of Fame reliever died last night at age 69. Suter was the first pitcher elected to the Hall of Fame who never started a game in the major leagues. Suter broke in with the Cubs in 1976. He made four consecutive All-Star games there, and he won the National League Cy Young in 1979. The Cubs traded Suter to St. Louis in 1981, and he was on the Cardinals World Series champions in 1982. Suter spent his last three seasons with the Braves. Suter finished with 300 career saves, a 283 ERA, in 661 appearances. Suter was third all-time in saves when he retired, trailing only Roly Fingers and Goose Gossage. I never heard the term split finger before Bruce Suter. When he was with the Cubs, Tone, he made people look bad. And, and, and Suter, trading him to the Cardinals is like an act of treason. That's just every bit as bad as trading a 20-year-old Lou Brock to the Cardinals. What were the Cubs thinking? And it's not Eckersley or Hoyt Wilhelm, who's the father of modern relief. It's Bruce Suter. Yeah, Bruce Suter was a great, great reliever. There's no yes. question about that. And helped usher in that age, as we're talking about, specialists. relievers as specialists. It didn't get, yeah. it, it really began with Eckersley, but Suter is yeah, the Yeah, but he was a starter. Eckersley was a great the, starter first. Yes. You know, Suter was. That's right. Yeah. Suter only relieved. Let's go to the big finish. The NFL fined Tom Brady $11,139 for kicking Grady Jarrett after that roughing the passer call on Sunday. I'm sure that's okay with you. Where was the penalty? Huh? 
Let a brother kick Tom Brady in the open field, kick at him, and let's see how that winds up for him. Number 19, Kansas. Without quarterback Jalen Daniels, visits Oklahoma, which has lost three straight. Who you got? I want to pick Kansas. I'd love to see Kansas become bowl eligible before November, but I can't go against Oklahoma even though they stink. The Lakers will reportedly bring Russell Westbrook in off the bench in their final preseason game. You like that, don't you? Thank you, Darvin Ham. I suggested this, like, on the air every night a year ago. What? In a battle of two first-year coaches, Billy Napier's Florida, host Brian Kelly's LSU, once again, who you got? Brian Kelly walked into LSU. It hasn't gotten great all of a sudden. It hasn't. I'll still pick them, but with some reservations. Last one, Dodgers-Padres, game three tonight. Gonsolin versus Snell. Who you got? Gonsolin's been unhittable. Why are people talking about him for the Cy Young? I got the Dodgers. We're out of time. Trying to do better the next time, and I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Have a great weekend, knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. And now, here's SportsCenter. How are you doing with golf in Arizona? Is that work? Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.